Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet And welcome to the podcast Love the Graps My name's Chris, I am here with Alan Hello That's Alan, Um, and this is a podcast where we talk about wrestling Um, We are currently not in the same place, which is a rarity I know. Is this the first time we've ever done a Love the Graps like this? We did a few indie darlings like this. I think it might be, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's because I I don't like talking over the phone. No. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I've had to make a couple of phone calls recently to arrange things relating to my brother's wedding, and that's been... I've hated it. I've hated every... I have to to make phone calls to work, and I hate it. And then the phone rings at work, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah, terrible stuff. I know. I mean, this is it's a wonderful bit of technology, this, this Skype business, but it, it does, it seems a bit redundant now, doesn't it? Like, yeah, well, we're not on a video Skype, though. That's, no. I mean, we could have gone, gone for that. Although I can see a funny little picture of you in the corner, which isn't I a can video, s- it's a picture of you with some specs on, looking up. I yeah, think it might have been a MySpace. I can just bit. see. <laughs> I can just see the letter C H. C H. Yeah, that's all I get from it. C H. What's that? I don't know. It's like you're an like you're an element. Oh right, okay. I guess it's the first two letters of my name, but it's not my initials. I know. That's weird. Christium. Um. So, over the weekend, um, I did a couple of podcasts about uh progress. And their Super Strong Style 16 weekend. Unfortunately, you did. I had to do them with Joe Atherton, um, yeah, in collaboration with his podcast. Which, um, you know, it's a low point in my podcasting career, um, having crossed over onto that. He um, posted it. He shared it in the um, in our Facebook group today, and said, "I've opened you up to a whole new international audience, a global audience." Yeah. He said. And I yeah. said I was I was I wasn't having any of that, mate. We've got such a global audience that there are people in our group who don't even know it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's I mean, bit... there was a whole debate a little while ago about what the group was for. Um, yeah, with some people who didn't know that it was a podcast, which is fine. It doesn't say podcast in the Facebook group title. No. But also, it doesn't say wrestling in the podcast group title. So, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, no. Well, it does say graps, and as we know, that is the non-Scottish term for wrestling. Yes, it is, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I've covered um, days one and two um, with Joe. Um, yeah, so initially we were going to, it was going to be me and you with Joe doing day one and Kaiju, but you and Joe couldn't be bothered to go at Kaiju. Uh, it was a um, thing. Which, it was a whole thing. As we'll talk about in a minute, like, you completely missed out. So, so I was aware that these podcasts were going to drop, uh wasn't quite sure if you were going to give them the proper numbering um i'm not sure i'm completely happy that joe atherton is now in in the the canon of of (laughs) love the graps but it is what it is um it also meant that i listened to my first ever episodes of love the graps oh wow thanks thanks yeah Um, i mean i think they varied in quality between the two of them um but second uh, one was was much better 
Yeah. Because um, I spent you, you, most of it making fun of Joe. Yeah, and you you got a telling off after the first one as well, didn't you? Not from me. No. But we won't we won't say who from. I got I got but, some I got some notes. Um, yeah. But we're gonna so today we're gonna do a, a little bit of a roundup because you went tonight um, day one. I keep calling yeah, it yeah. night one, but it's very much a day. It's a whole bloody well, it was, day. Yeah, it was afternoon um, stroke early evening, wasn't it? Um, so we're gonna cover day one. We'll we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about the whole super strong style weekend but i'm going to cover mainly day three yeah which is the one that hasn't been covered <laughs> God, yeah <laughs> struggling with the logistics um yeah. and uh, and you're gonna have a chat about uh kaiju and filming yeah and that. Um, yeah so uh, let, let's start with kaiju shall we chronologically okay. it makes more yeah. sense it um, did also it gives you a chance to talk and i can just yeah. sit back and relax it also comes first alphabetically as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So in all ways. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. And and in terms of quality as well. But we'll we'll discuss well, that in a moment. So. All right. Right. Um, yeah. Kaiju Big Battle um, came to the UK as part of Progress's Big Super Strong Style 16 weekend, and it was uh, a kind of an after-show treat on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, they've done like live podcasts and stuff yeah, um that they, we we have swerved like well i went to like, a, i went to a podcast taping on the first super strong style and right you didn't know any better then did you and nearly fell asleep um it seemed yeah. so quaint back then yeah um, it was just it was in a little room at the hotel that loads of the wrestlers were staying at um and it was just jim and some of the wrestlers having a little chat and maybe like seventy people squeezed into the room. Yeah. Can you imagine? Simpler that times. Now? Yeah. Simpler times. Um, but yeah, so this weekend they did. Yeah, they had Kaiju on on, on the Saturday night, but they also had yeah. um, uh, Junior, the rock band, yeah. featuring Mark Andrews play um, at the at the dome. Um, yeah, skiffle combo, aren't they? They are. Yeah. And yeah. I think they had something on Monday night as well, which was just like an after show party um which i think might have been at alexandra palace i'm not 100 sure imagine going to three days of super strong style 16 and possibly kaiju and junior and still wanting more after that monday Mm. can you imagine those people they're 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 mentalists i I think you would struggle if you put it in reverse to want to go to the last to the first day but um yeah we'll get on to that but go on tell us all about kaiju then so yeah so kaiju uh was supposed to be at the dome um they sold out the 200 tickets immediately because they went to season ticket holders pretty much i think um i was lucky enough uh i've got a friend friend of the podcast dave green who's a season ticket holder he's gonna gonna get blacklisted because association with you well i mean there is that risk but Unfortunately, you play the game, Dave. You, you know, play the game. Some people are checking whether or not you're going to progress-related shows. Aren't they? <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, still, no- normally you get somebody else to book your ticket. Now, yeah. Dave Green's going to be on the watch list. Ah oh, man. Um, so yeah, so uh, it was at the Dome. I was looking forward to it at the Dome. That small, intimate place. Uh, it was going to be all standing, so everyone would be standing against the ring. Um, kind of chaos reigning uh, but then they moved it to Alexandra Palace which meant a lot more people could go um, but I did worry that 
maybe something might be a bit lost. You got um, super emo about it as well. I did a bit, yeah. And then, but no, yeah, but I then want I, this blah blah blah, me me me. But then I did realise I was just being a bit of a, a dickhead gatekeeper. So you, you know, I lightened up on it. And spoiler, it was great anyway. So you know, I needn't have worried. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact that lots more people got to see it and have fun um, was brilliant. Um, I got the impression that you really loved it, but I mean, do you want to do a love the graps and not my graps? Are you going to struggle with the second part of that? Um, no, I, I reckon I can. I can do it. Okay, so you reckon you can squeeze. I'm it a out. professional. Yeah. All right I'm then. Professional. Well, that's what we do on the podcast. Three yeah. things that we liked, followed by three things that we didn't like, and um, we're splitting the labour today. So this is all down to you because I wasn't there. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. I'm going to kick off and. This might sound like a really wide ranging one, but it's the fact that we had Kaiju Big Battle in the UK. Um, I've been a Kaiju fan for 20 years now, not a hardcore fan. It's very difficult to be a hardcore Kaiju fan um, because not all their shows appear online. Um, they, they tend to be. I mean, it's an art project, first and foremost. That's how it started. Um, from a university in Boston. Um, and so it's not a proper wrestling company. So it's really difficult to be a hardcore fan. Um, but it was something that I've really been into for the past 20 years. And it's always caught my imagination. Um, even when I wasn't into wrestling, I was still checking what was going on in Kaiju. Um, and the fact that I got to see it live and didn't have to fly to the other side of the world because I don't do that because I'm poor um, was, was just brilliant. Uh, and I, just sitting there uh, i got second row we'll talk about that later um i just loved every minute of it i had a big smile on my face uh I, as I, I, said, I was sat next to dave green he was loving it as well there were people behind us and you could hear them excitedly chatting about how much they were loving it and uh trying to guess who was under the costumes but again i'll, I'll come to that in, in a bit as well um and it was just, yeah, a wonderful chance to experience something very, very different um, to what we usually get in the UK. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, like, I had a bit of, uh, um, you know, envy after after the show and hearing some of the reactions to it. Um, there were several reasons I, I couldn't go that I won't go into on this particular podcast because <laughs> it's boring. Um but i've i've always had my um I, <laughs> i've never been super enthusiastic about kaiju because when i have watched it i haven't enjoyed it very much but that's often due to the um severe exhaustion placed upon a long wrestlemania weekend and kaiju's always on really really late and um i think we've said it before on the podcast there's as enjoyable as it might be for the audience, it feels like it's really a project for the performers to enjoy um, as much as the audience. Yeah, uh, I mean, when we when we've seen it live on on TV, and and certainly the the WrestleMania ones, which are the ones the only ones really you get to see live, it does seem as though the the, the people really having a good time are the people in the ring, um, and that maybe the audience are a bit secondary. Um, and being there live on Saturday night, it there there was a feeling that the people in the ring were having a great time. But being in the room, it it 
it transmitted. So I, I felt more a part of the show than perhaps I would have done sitting at home. I felt in on the joke. I felt included in the games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I also wonder whether, and I mean, maybe maybe there'll be a better time to slot this in in your in your loves of graps or not my graps. Um, I wonder whether that's a testament to some of the performers that are involved because, you know, I think this sort of stuff um, kind of plays to some of the strength of some of the people on the British scene. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of po-faced American indie guys, aren't there? And that's become, you know, maybe less so um, in the past couple of years. But uh, the American indie scene is... It's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's switch to the second love the graps, um, and that that is uh, the the kind of mix of the Brit rest guys under the costumes making the action a little bit better than um, a lot of the Kaiju Big Battle stuff. Now, as I said, Kaiju Big Battle started as a university project, um, quite often. Uh, very much so in the early days and even up to, to quite late some of the people under the costumes and for those of you who don't know what kaiju big battle is um it's basically monsters fighting um the idea is that they're giant 30 foot monsters the um the referee when he comes through the curtain gets scaled up to 30 feet tall as well um and so it, it's basically people in costumes fighting and those people are not always trained experienced professional wrestlers um what seemed to happen with the uk show is that kaiju i think they brought three guys over um two of them weren't wrestlers uh one of them was billy mcgurk who is the host of the show another one was just a guy um he was at ringside uh during the the thing and then one other guy i think uh was was in some of the gimmicks um which meant that there was a lot of gimmicks that needed playing by other people and those people were people that we love watching on the brit wrestling so um i mean we were we, part of the fun was trying to guess who was under the costumes um there were a few that i'm pretty sure about um i, I sh- shall we say shall i say who i think I these people are can, i guess you can make your guesses but there's no yeah. guaranteeing that they're correct well no um the, the only one that i'm absolutely sure about because he just did the exact same moves that he always does mm. um was uh, connor mills who played unicorn pie who is the 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 big hero of of kaiju big battle um but i think i'm pretty confident chris brooks played dr cube um he's played him before um in in the us uh, and his minions uh were um lucky kid and kid lycos um you also had uh, elijah in there chuck mambo was in there um i thought sierra loxton was under one of the gimmicks someone else has said it might have been talia martins um it was just fun watching the the gimmicks with um as much as possible because some of the costumes are prohibitive mm-hmm. um with with some great wrestling backing them up um the whoever was in the burger bear costume deserves uh, a medal because that cannot be easy to wrestle in uh but somehow even even they managed to to, to get a decent match um out of their opponent i mean i'd be interested to know about like the budgets for transporting all of these costumes over. Yeah, because I mean, some of them, like the 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 burger bear costume, is a big foam burger. Yeah. 
um it's not going to pack down very very uh very yeah, small i've never uh, i've never sort of investigated sort of freight shipping like that but no somebody has and somebody yeah. figured it out yeah um, i mean it seemed to be that the bill for kaiju was like three guys and a crate of costumes yes yeah which is just yeah there, there's your show yeah we'll we'll fill the costumes with locals when we get there <laughs> hope we've got some bodies to put in these costumes when we get to the other end. <laughs> um, so, yeah, third love the graps. Um, and I mentioned uh, Billy McGurk, who's the, the kind of the host of, of Kaiju. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in uh, the sort of mid-period of Kaiju. They had Loud and Noxious, uh, Gavin Loudspeaker. Yeah. But uh, Billy McGurk is the, the host lately. And um, he does live commentary, uh, which over the PA in the arena. Um, and he was joined for this show by Jim Smallman. Um, and it worked really well. Now, we've been at shows where they've tried to do live commentary and it hasn't worked very well. Um, and it's been painful. We've also been at shows. Um, I took you to Lucha Britannia one time where it does work really well. Um, and every time I've been to Lucha Britannia, the, the live commentary has, has enhanced the show rather than kind of made you cringe. Um, I felt that Billy McGurk and Jim Smallman did a brilliant job of bringing the audience, the, the vast majority of who would not have had an idea what was going on um, into the show. Uh, every time a new character appeared, um, they, they said uh, its name, uh, explained what it was, whether it was a good guy or a bad guy, how people should react. Um, and it really made the show uh, travel um, that it felt like we were watching um, a story rather than just a few matches. Added to that, they played music under all the fights. Um, The songs changed as well uh, to match who was in the ring and sometimes to match a change of mood uh, in the, in the match. And it, it felt like, I mean, I I took, we, uh, I went to the Chris Wolf retirement show the other week and uh, my friend Jude came along for his first ever wrestling show. And at one point he turned to me and said, this is physical theatre. And he's right. All wrestling is physical theatre. But this is physical theatre. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But this really felt like it was. It was a show, an absolute show. And anybody who's listened to this podcast for the 120 odd episodes that we've been doing it knows that that is really what we want from wrestling. We want to feel like we're watching a cohesive show. Um, and that we're immersed in it, and they did such a great job of doing that. That's good. I mean, that that whole commentary over the matches thing, I think, can go really badly. I mean, I know like you, you've sort of raved about Lucha Britannia. That wasn't my favourite part of that show. It felt a little bit like I, it worked. In, it worked well enough, but mm. I also could have done without it because it was kind of just two guys talking to each other. Yeah. Um, and there, there was an element of that with with Billy and Jim. Um, it, it was also quite nice that Jim played the the part of the what the hell is going on, man. I think that's um, Jim. Smallman, and that was that was good. That's just yeah. the Jim Smallman. But like, yeah, I, I, I think I um, whenever the only times I've really seen anything similar is going to like a real let's put the local in uh in heavy heavy inverted commas show right yeah where they've tried to g up the kids at ringside yeah 
come on, who's going to cheer A-star Andy Poole? <laughs> <laughs> who's going to boo Mr. Monster? Boo! <laughs> um, that sort of thing. I guess we went to an IPW show last year where they it wasn't commentary during the matches, but between the matches, they had somebody at the commentary desk talking as if it was a live broadcast. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was like, I mean, maybe they, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to film it as live. Yeah. So they were having somebody just go, right, that was another match. Oh, next up, we've got this match between so-and-so. And it was like, that's weird. Where's that voice coming from? Yeah. Oh, he's up I mean, there in the corner. You know, I mean, it's it's what the best hosts do anyway. Um, you know, for for all my issues with progress, and maybe we'll talk about that later, I've always thought Jim is a great host, um, that he keeps the show moving um, and does make it feel like a, a cohesive really, unit. Generally speaking, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, just, I just thought it was really nice, and I, I think it really helped uh, get everybody into the show. Good. Well, is there anything that wasn't to your taste then? Okay, so um, the first Not My Graps is a purely logistics Not My Graps. Um, and that's that this, this show took place in the same room as the previous Progress show just before it. Mm-hmm. And the instructions were, once the Progress show is finished, everyone will be kicked out. Um, and then the people with Kaiju tickets will will come back in um so you have to go out and queue up so i'm at the progress show uh i switched to the other side of the room from where i watched the rest of the show so i was near the door as soon as the uh the bell rang for the end of the the main event um i left went uh out back out to the door said to the people at the door right where do we queue they said oh they're over there behind that half dozen people there so i did that um then we got word the people inside the venue had been told that if they wanted to, they could just go into the food area and queue in there and form a, another yeah, queue there. They, they weren't queuing in the food area. There was like, there's like a sort of arcade walk, like walkway down yeah. from there to that front, you know, like the front sort of lobby yeah, yeah. bit. Um, there's, there's like an arcade and they were queuing down right. the side there. Um, yeah. So there was that, and then uh, somebody came out front and um, decided they didn't like the way the queue was going on the outside, so took people from the, the, the queue and formed another queue alongside our queue. So all this meant that when doors opened, three queues went in at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, added to that, the woman in my queue couldn't get her ticket scanner to work. <laughs> So, but by the time I got in there, despite the fact that I'd, I'd left right on the end of the progress show and there were only like five or six people ahead of me in the queue, there were no front row tickets, no front row seats available. So I had to sit second row. Um, as it turned out, that was absolutely fine, but it was just a bit. And and do you know what? The, the worst thing is that it was lazy and ineffectual but i just know that these people just don't give a shit do you know what i mean it's just like oh, I, well, I, I don't i don't care mate i mean it's just like you know i think i think for I, I don't know whether this is i think for progress it's like 
so long as we get people in through the door, it doesn't matter. And I think the way they fostered the whole queue in for hours thing, it, they yeah. feel like that's part of it now. Um, and they feel like that panic to get the seat that you want is like part of it almost. Yeah. I mean, that's if they've thought about it at all. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I imagine f- for, if I was going to give the staff at Alexandra Palace a bit of a, um, buy on this one, I imagine it was a ball ache for them. To yeah. be like, oh, what? Wait a minute. So you can have one event and then another one 45 minutes later. Uh, okay, let's figure that out. Um, yeah. So there were all sorts of elements at play. But yeah, I mean, I'm sorry that you tried your best and you didn't get exactly what you wanted. It was okay. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have had monsters on me and over me. So perhaps it was better being in the second row. Safer, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so second, not my graps. Yeah. Um, the show was uh, not short, and this this is going to sound weird because usually I'm I'm moaning about the other way, but it was only about ninety to a hundred minutes. Yeah, um, they they said it would be sort of two and a quarter hours, so it was under what they said it was. And ordinarily, I'd be overjoyed about that um, because I'm old and like to go to bed and don't like spending too much time in the company of, of lots of people. Um, but I could have watched another hour of Kaiju. Um, so the, the fact that it ended after sort of like an hour and a half um, was a bit not my graps, I'm afraid. Well, that's um, that's a turn up for the books. I know, imagine I have, that. I have to say, like one of the reasons I was really sort of reluctant to sort of get like jump on a ticket for kaiju was that it was 20 pounds um plus a booking fee was there a booking fee no there was no booking fee okay so 20 pounds and i was like like that's not it's not an expensive wrestling ticket but it's certainly not a cheap one and part of me feels like and, and with all due respect to kaiju like it's kind of a mess around yeah like and I feel like we could probably knock a fiver off that price and I would feel a lot more comfortable with it. Um, mm. And and if you were to couple that with a short run time, I might have felt a little bit hard done by. But I didn't go anyway, so I don't even know what I'm grumbling yeah. about. Yeah, it um, probably could have done with an interval. Um which would have been would have been nice to to meet the stars of Kaiju. They did offer at the end that you could have your photo taken with a, a couple of the monsters and the Kaiju belt. Um, but who wants to stay around that late? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there you go. Um, okay. Final, not my graps. Um, Unicorn Party. Uh, the costume. The the head is a, a unicorn, rainbow unicorn. Right. Um, the the uh, body is just a white body stocking. Um, it was extremely tight and <laughs> I could see the full outline of Unicorn Party's penis uh, through the latter stages of the match. Well, that's part um, of the costume. That's, well, yes. Yeah. by um, design. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it was a distracting thing. Well, maybe, um, maybe for you it was. You know, I'm, I'm, maybe there's a big market for unicorn penises out there. Um, I can tell you that there almost definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the uh, dragons and cars? 
No, but I, I am a big fan of the author Chuck Tingle. And well, there you go. There's lots yeah. of unicorns in that. Yeah. Are, um, are doing things. Yeah. So, yeah. So the outline of a unicorn penis uh, is is the third and final, uh, not my grabs. Wow. I, I, I mean, I, I'm shocked that that didn't muscle its way into your love, the grabs. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, I mean, it was a great show. I, I'm really happy that I went. I mean, I only went to Progress because I was going to Kaiju. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm glad that I – I'm really happy for uh, for me that Progress bothered to put that on, um, and I hope they come over again. Um, or that there, there is a, a Kaiju UK. There is a European division title. Well, Unicorn Party is the champion. I tell you what, um, let's touch real quickly then on – you said that the only reason you went to Progress on that Saturday was yeah. to see Kaiju. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to talk for you. You can you can give your own opinions. But if I was in your situation, I would have felt like going to that progress show was a waste of my time. Um, how how did you feel about that? Um, I, I mean, it, it's it's weird. There were there were guys at the progress show that I'd wanted to see for a while, um, and the fact that I would be in town anyway meant that yeah i'll spend 25 quid to see these guys that i've wanted to see them wrestle um usually as well super strong style 16 is like a a worthwhile thing to see again it's not the the kind of thing now that i would base my my weekend plans around and travel especially to see but if you're gonna be in town anyway and it's on then yeah you take advantage okay um so that that was my motivation. That was why uh, I shelled out for the ticket. If if Kaiju would have still been at the dome, maybe I wouldn't have done. I think maybe, um, maybe I'm being a little bit strong on that. But I think, and and we can get onto it in a bit. But I think of yeah. the three days, it felt a little bit like it was kind of not worth the extra day like i mean and i got obviously i got to see all of those guys that you yeah wouldn't have got to see otherwise so i got to see them in other matches but um should, should we move on and i'll talk yeah. about day three i'm going to talk specifically okay. about day three we, we can have a general chat about feelings about progress in general feelings about the weekend in general but i'm gonna yeah. just i'm gonna kind of keep it to day three for yeah. my three and three because otherwise we'll be here forever yeah. Um, so, my first love the grabs. Um, it's I'm going to pick out a person in particular. Um, okay. It's a person like that I have had animosity towards in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, feelings of indifference, but over the past year or so, has I think really sort of set himself up as one of the top guys in the British Isles um, <laughs> and kind of showed that a lot today. And that's Jordan Devlin. So Jordan yeah. Devlin made it to the final um, of uh, Super Strong Style 16, coming up short, spoiler, against uh, David Starr. Um, but also had the match of the weekend by by some way, I think. Maybe not, you know, clear head and shoulders above everything else, but I think you would find it hard to sort of deny that his match against Kyle Fletcher on the Sunday, day two, was the best match of the yep. weekend. 
Um, but he, he, it's weird. I'll get into maybe some of the storytelling in that main event um, a little bit later on. But he, um, he told a story as of being sort of the underdog um, through the tournament, maybe, um, and he took a real beating, um, and you know, kind of went into the final with a injury quote-unquote yeah um and held his own right the way to the end with some really big sort of false finishes um but i do think jordan devlin has really sort of stepped it up in the past year and he was one of my picks for this weekend like i think it would have been a satisfying moment to have seen him win because it would have crowned somebody else as being one of the top guys in progress um but you know there's no slight on David Starr, but you know you've got somebody who is very much. I mean, whilst he is, you know, he's a, he's an Irish fella, um, but I'd still sort of lump him in with the Brit rest scene. Um, yeah, I always think it's weird when Progress announce him as the killer import. Like I, I don't really consider somebody who's just got an easy jet flight from Dublin <laughs> import. Um, although I guess technically they are. Yeah, um, but then, I mean. Yeah, when we first came across Jordan Devlin, that was in the uh, the UK Championship, and I, I, I think neither of us could see anything in him. And then after that, I don't think he made a good impression for himself for anyone. In no, he, he kicked Martin Stone in the head, and that was it, really. Yeah. Um, and then after that, he seemed to be kind of crowbarred into Progress and Fight Club Pro. Also, Fight um, Club. Yeah. yeah. Um, as as a kind of all oh, right, he's got a WWE UK contract. The guys, you know, running this promotion have got WWE UK contracts. Better use him. And we saw the same with with Wolfgang as well. Yeah. Um, although thankfully that faded away. Yeah, well, um, I'm just glad that he didn't retire with the other one. No. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward but, to his retirement show. Um, he didn't need to um, because maybe it was on us, um, but he won us over. Uh, I think and we've become big fans of yeah, Jordan Devlin now. I think he's won a lot of people over. I think last year, um, the same weekend, Super Strong Style, I think he won over the Progress fans. I mean, mainly by doing an overhead kick on one of Chuck Mambo's beach balls. Okay. Um, which I think, you know, people got really into. This year, there was a moment like that where Trevor Lee, um, he chucked a water bottle over his shoulder and it it landed upright you know that yeah. thing that people do on yeah, the internet? yeah he did yeah. that completely by accident and the crowd popped for it brilliant um which was a which was a fun moment but yeah um, devlin was my pick to win as well so i'm i'm happy that he had such a good showing um because and i think we're we'll inevitably cover this later mm-hmm. the the whole wwe uk thing is tiresome to me um but he seems to be um, a WWE UK talent who isn't trading on that, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. There's never a sort of like, there's never, a, especially when he's playing face. It's like there's never a feeling that he's like, I'm WWE and you're not. Like, yeah. Um, it, it's kind of by the by when it comes to Jordan Devon, and particularly in this tournament. Um, although it did get touched on a little bit in the main event. I, I'll get to it. I will get yeah. to it. Um, 
I'll move on to a second one now. Um, okay. Love the Graps Numero Dos, um, which was a, a surprise appearance by Kid Lycos. Now, every year um, on the final day, uh, they have a appearance from Roy Johnson, um, the the wrestler who does rapping sometimes. Yeah, wheel um, him out from from the Chelsea pensioners. Well, I, I said, oh, it's the moment where they um, they pull Roy Johnson out of mothballs. I think he might have had like one booking at a dome show or something for them in the past year. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, it felt a little bit bittersweet seeing him because um, it was an acknowledgement that oh, they're going to pull out Roy Johnson to do a song yeah. and dance show. Um, because like it's become tradition now, but um, the whole segment felt a little bit underwhelming compared to like previous years. Um, that the OJMO did a nice little thing, which um, played on potential tokenism um, within right. progress. Yeah. Um, alluded to like don't need Roy Johnson now because they've got o- OJMO. <laughs> Um, and then DJ Z did one of the most generic battle raps I've ever heard. Um, and then Kid Lycos came out um, as Chris Brooks was about to, uh, um, as he said, spit some bars. Um, <laughs> but Kid Lycos came out. Um, I like Kid Lycos in this role of, of mouthy, like almost sort of manager. He's like a second at the moment. Um, yeah. Which is kind of almost like a... A throwback to when we first saw Lycos, um, uh, you know, seconding Chris Brooks uh, at ringside. But he came out and he was like, Chris Brooks, I'm going to do it. I'm going to spit some bars myself now. And uh, he was uh, hilarious. Yeah. Um, He made a joke at the expense of Chris Ridgway, which was uh, around him no-showing bookings. (laughs) Um, he told Artemis Spencer that he didn't know who he was um, so he couldn't really do a rap about him Um, I mean he's not alone there yeah yeah, because who is Artemis Spencer Um, he's a grey man he's a he's a six footer who does a flip and that's about it Um, and uh, several other moments but it actually you know we ended up with a ten man scramble match uh, coming out of this with basically everybody who didn't have a match who'd been on the weekend um, plus OJMO and Connor Mills um, and it was a, it was a lot it was one of my favourite things actually the whole weekend just because it was just bonkers stupid there were some there were lots of dives um, it didn't make of course it didn't make any sense it's a 10 man scramble um, yeah but there was a moment where Darby Allen, who had bought a skateboard to the ring, uh, he rode to the ring on a skateboard. Yeah. Um, he did a, a jump off the top rope with the skateboard, landed on um, Artemis Spencer, who was over somebody's shoulders, um, which looked deeply unpleasant, <laughs> um, but was fun. Um, and actually, it led to Chris Brooks getting a win in progress as a singles competitor. That's weird, um, isn't it? Which is interesting. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad Lycos has found something. I mean, I, I don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, hopefully, it will last 
uh, a while but there's there's that weird thing of when you finish being a wrestler um what do you do um do you do you just you know completely have a clean break and and just go away and we've seen Um, people do that yeah um but he's chosen to sort of stay around uh, be the shitty little wolf um he he can't uh, wrestle at the moment um although you know god knows i've seen him not wrestle and and take more bumps than i took in my entire career so you know there is that um but i'm really happy that he's still around and more importantly still seems to be having so much fun um he was there uh, like i say playing uh, one of dr cube's minions at kaiju and he just looked like he was having the time of his life yeah do you know what I'd love? I'd love it if he got a really sharp suit for when he comes to ringside. Yeah, Cause... I I love a suit and a and a mask. Yeah, like yeah, um, and I think that's I think that's the next move for um for Lycos to just legitimise himself. Maybe he needs to get his manager's license. Yeah, and uh, not a shirt and tie, polo neck. Oh really? Yeah. No, no, I it's want. The... It's the look, I mean, man. I mean, okay, I I don't necessarily need a tie, but I want a proper shirt, not a not a polo shirt. No, not a polo shirt, oh. polo neck. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, polo yes. neck jumper, okay, like a roll yeah. neck, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll go yeah. with that. Not a polo shirt. No, <laughs> not like he's just won a golfing tournament. Not like he's a lad on tour. Yeah. Um, okay. Um. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. But the final uh, love the graps was. Um, a nice moment where we all got to sort of bask in Jimmy Havoc's farewell. Mm. Now, Jimmy Havoc is probably the most important person in progress history. I, yep. don't, I, I don't think that's overstating the fact. There's a debate to say that he's the most important person in British wrestling um, history, or at least in recent mm-hmm. history, um, because he kind of led the sort of vanguard of this new british wrestling resurgence yeah um by being the sort of face and figurehead of progress in its sort of in its nascent rise um it's, i think it, yeah yeah you're looking at jimmy havoc and grado yeah as as the two that are responsible and for maybe, brit rest being where it is and then maybe you look beyond that to osprey and skirl yeah. as people who sort of legitimized it yeah as a you know some of the best independent wrestling in the world. Mm. Um, but Jimmy Havoc had a death match uh, against Paul Robinson, uh, kind of a rubber match. It was billed as in the end because uh, Jimmy had fought Paul Robinson a couple of years ago when he, before he went off for, with an injury, before he kind of made his first farewell with progress. And then again, Paul Robinson ended up taking Will Ospreay's place in a big match at Wembley Stadium, uh, Wembley Stadium, Wembley Arena, in September, um, and they were one apiece, um, and uh, that sort of led Jimmy to picking him as his opponent this weekend. And yeah, there'd um, been a lot of chatter as to who it was going to be, hadn't there? Yeah, yeah, because it was billed as being Jimmy Havoc's final Progress match, and there was no announcement as to who, like, who the opponent was going to be. Um, which led to lots of speculation. Uh, um, everyone under the sun was mentioned. Everyone with any semblance of history with Jimmy Havoc was mentioned. Um, some big names, some less big names. Um, and uh, Isaac Zercher. <laughs> Isaac Zercher, the forgotten man of regression. 
Um, yeah. And I think Paul Robinson was a good pick. Yeah. If you weren't going to get one of like these huge international names, and I don't know whether that was ever on the table. Jimmy made a sort of joke about oh, all of the, my other picks are, are abroad right now. Um, so I'll have to pick you. Um, but I think, you know, Paul Robinson was right there alongside Jimmy Havoc during his rise. And in fairness to Paul, he's probably, you know, I'm not going to say equally as responsible, but if it, if Paul Robinson's not part of that package, I don't know whether it has the same oomph that just Jimmy Havoc on his own might have had. No, um, no. He, he was there because he, Jimmy Havoc at that time was kind of like the, the brooding evil. Um, and he, he was kind of not silent, but he, he, he didn't say a lot. Whereas was, Paul Robinson was the, the mouthy pit bull. It was all about um, Jimmy's aura at that time. Yeah. And Paul Robinson was the one like giving it the, the, the physical threat. Um, behind the, the, you had the psychological threat from Jimmy Havoc and the physical threat from Paul Robinson. Yeah, so I think that was right. You know, and and to give them their due, um, the London Riots, like they were yeah. a big part of that. And you know, half of that team is persona non grata right now, um, <laughs> for for good reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that was a whole package um, that really really caught fire. Um, and it was nice to have that moment. I think there were some some people had criticisms of the match. Maybe it, you know, I'm not a huge deathmatch guy. Um, and I think sometimes you lose a bit in terms of the storytelling because it is a lot of stunts. Um, but I found it entertaining, and the visual yeah. that like there was some, you know. Uh, you know, almost shocking visuals, especially Jimmy stood in the ring at the end, like covered, absolutely covered in the red stuff. Yeah, um, and made it made him watch a highlight video, and then they watched a highlight video, which, <laughs> which was nice. It, you know, it was it gave everybody a moment to just reflect, and and Jimmy got the farewell he deserved. Yeah, um, whether this is the very last time you see him in progress. I very much doubt it. Um, well, let's not forget that Paul Robinson himself had a farewell match in progress. Well, Paul Robinson pretty much had a retirement match. Like, Jimmy's yeah. not even retiring. No. Like, the, who knows what... He, he, so Jimmy's Jimmy Havoc has left progress because he's got one of these AEW contracts. Yeah. We don't know what that's going to look like in two months, six months, a year's time. Um, hmm. It's a whole new world in terms of contracted wrestling. Um, and there's a lot of although, people in that position. On, on that subject, Joey Janela has said um, that although he thought he'd still be able to do indies, he's not going to be able to. And he's got an AEW contract yeah. as well. So perhaps they are going kind of full-time, this is it. Do you know what I mean? You wrestle I, for us. That, that's great in the short term. Yeah. You, you don't know. Like, there were... Um, who was it there who was it that was kind of talking about signing loads of people up a couple of years ago? Was it for... ML, MLW? No, no, it was a company like, and nothing came of it. Um, and it wasn't five star. It was one of these like five star debacles where somebody was like, we're going to give our right. contracts to everyone and it's going to be great. And some people like posed as if they were signing contracts for this company and then nothing yeah. ever came of it. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, obviously, this isn't the, this isn't quite the same as that. No. But you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, it took like years before there was a WWE UK weekly show. Like it yeah. took years for them to get around to that, and that still hasn't really meant full time work for everybody involved. No. So. AEW might find that it's easier to say they're going to do that than it is to actually deliver on it once the ball starts rolling. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, also, AEW might sever ties with Jimmy Havoc at some point. I'm not wishing yeah. that on anyone, but that happens to loads of people, doesn't it? So, yeah. Just one more thing before we move on from the Jimmy Havoc thing and, and slightly going back to Paul Robinson. Um, I thought that it was... Uh, not only fitting that Paul Robinson um, was chosen for his opponent, but that also Paul Robinson picked up the win um, because now Will Ospreay seems to be out of progress again for some reason. Um, obviously, the, the New Japan stuff is keeping him busy. Full time in Japan now. Yeah, um, that Paul Robinson is around and is doing stuff. He beat Darby Allen in the first round of Super Strong Style 16. Um, and it's nice for him to kind of retain a bit of of um, influence, a bit of power, um, a bit of a winning uh, win-loss record, Well, you know, if he's going to stay around. I'll tell you what then, seeing as like we're talking about somebody who is truly a villain in progress and yeah. has been for a very long time and there's no wavering on that. Um, yeah. We'll talk about my first not my graps then okay and that was the debacle of the women's championship match and the maneuvers that they've made with jordan grace because yeah there was a four-way women's championship match um and it was jordan grace a defending champion against nina samuels and martina Sessionmoth and millie mckenzie and before the match, Jordan Grace cut a promo, basically saying, I haven't been here very much, and I don't want to be here very much because I don't like any of you. Blah, 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 I'm a baddie now. And Progress have got a real problem with keeping their um, good guy champions good guys. Yeah. Um, because they can't, because they've not got strong villains to challenge them. Um, so you, you had, I, I mean, I can think of three now off the top of my head, um, with Jordan Grace, Walter, who is also a baddie now. Okay. After this weekend. Okay. And um, and Travis Banks. So that's like in recent memory. That's like your two current champions and your former, your your previous men's champion. Yeah, all baddies now, just because you couldn't create a decent enough heel challenger for them. Um, so like they're goodies until they're baddies, so that a good guy can beat them. Yeah, um, it did seem a bit weird because Jordan Grace to me is is not a heel. She's one of those people who I'm sure she can play heel, but she's naturally likable. I don't know. I mean, I think she's physically imposing enough that she can definitely be a heel. Yeah. Like, it's not like... She's not Viper. Do you know what I mean? She's not that likeable. Um, I think she is likeable in in the way that it's kind of a problem with some women's wrestlers. Because you're like, oh yeah, they seem really nice and we don't... Maybe it's us 
as wrestling fans not taking them completely seriously, yeah. um, which is, you know, our problem as much as it is theirs. Hmm. Um, but I think she can be ill, but I, I think it needs to be earned, not just yeah. to go, she's not been around, let's have a heel on the fans saying that they don't deserve to see her, basically. Because, so this weekend, the women's division lost Ginny as well. Ginny got a, yeah. got a farewell. Um, kind of a little bit of a, um, a bit of sweet moment because it felt like she didn't really get the dues that she deserved. Yeah. She kind of carried the whole notion of women's wrestling on her back for quite some time in progress. It's, Um, it's also, it's a bit weird as well because it's the whole thing about a goodbye like one, what do goodbyes mean in progress anymore? Because there's been so many of them that haven't stuck, and to the the there's no reason given for it. Well, I mean, I think we're at a point where some of these goodbyes have got a stick, at least at least until something actually changes. So you know, you know that there are contract situations hmm. out there now. That that wasn't always the case. You know, when you've got like RJ Singh going, I'm retiring, and then he comes back, that's not because of any contractual ob- obligation. It's gone, I don't fancy this anymore. Oh, actually, yeah, I do fancy wrestling again. Yeah. Like now you're going, well, this bit of paper and the company that pays my wages says I can't do these shows. So for as long as that's the case, I can't do these shows. Um, so, yeah, things might happen. Yeah, but there's an there's an inconsistency there as well, though, because I would say, no, no disrespect to Ginny, um, but Tony Storm is ahead of her in the the pecking order for WWE. Um, she is the WWE UK Women's Champion, um, but she can go and work for Stardom. She's booked for that? Fight Club Pro, um, and yet Ginny can't work for what is practically a fourth-tier WWE promotion well, in not, itself let's progress. Let's pretend that so. we know everybody's business. Well, no, like, but it, I'd it's, say... It's completely plausible that somebody said to Ginny, you're going to America to work there. I guess, like, yeah. I hope so. You know, I, I keep I keep asking, begging, pleading for at some point for WWE to acknowledge the talent that is over here and stop ghettoizing them in WWE mm. UK. Like until somebody makes that crossover to NXT proper or the main roster, WWE UK it hasn't served a purpose yet. No. Like it's just there to what, to keep these people in holding so that they can't go and do other things or to provide a minimal amount of content for the network. Like what is what is it for? Because NXT has always been we've got all these people, some of them are gonna make it to the main roster. NXT UK, I haven't seen any evidence of that yet. But to get back to the original point, yeah, the Progress Women's Division has just lost its big baddie. Um, she's walked away. The only other baddie that I can think of off the top of my head um, was Laura Di Matteo, who's basically a second to Jimmy yeah. for, for the most. I mean, for most of her tenure in Progress, um, and you you had some other baddies. But they were they weren't bad enough because Ginny was always more evil, so evil she turned all of them good. Um, 
So they had to do something, but I don't feel like just having your champion of all people go out and say, I'm bad now, is is it. Like, what if you'd have had one of the others do that? What if you'd have had Millie McKenzie turn turn evil somehow? Like, I think that would have had much more of an impact than just going, yes, the champion is bad now. You can turn people. I've not got a problem with that. But it feels like it feels like a standard trope for progress to have the champion slowly well, they, become evil. They, they don't care about. Um, I'll say that they don't care about their women's division no. at all. Um, it's purely there to tick a box. Um, similarly with RevPro, um, so then they're, they're not alone in UK companies um, to do that. And I just I'd rather they didn't. Yeah. Does that sound harsh? I mean, um, it, do, it does sound a bit harsh. I think they could. I think they could do something with it. Like the people that they've got in their division are good people. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so I don't know. So I'm going to sneeze. No. <laughs> oh. Look oh. at the light. Don't yeah, go it's into hard. the when light. When we're on Skype, I can't signal to Alan to keep talking uh, <laughs> <laughs> whilst I cough and sneeze off mic. Yeah. Um, in, in the end, I didn't sneeze. Um, yeah, I don't like. I think they do care, but I almost feel like they need somebody else in charge of that division. Yeah, like I think they need somebody who's passionate about that to book it and 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 you know care about it. But uh, I think my sort of takeaway from this whole weekend is that stories don't really matter too much in progress. Um, so. I think that's somebody asked me over the weekend why why do you think it is that you drifted away from it? Why do you think it is that you drifted away from progress because you did go you know I went to every show for nearly three years, yeah, and eventually I was like, no, oh, do you know it's not for me anymore and um I think it was that they just they they I don't, I don't think it was a conscious decision, but they lost the ability to write a story that was compelling. And yeah. part of me actually wonders how much of an input Jimmy Havoc had in that whole run. Yeah, because, in his own storyline. Because as soon as he was gone, um, it all kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, you had the rise of sort of Marty Skrull. Um You had... Mark Haskins in constant number one contendership. Um, And then, like, you had the kind of disastrous handling of Travis Banks eventually. Um, And now just Walter, because he was the in thing. And now, like, they're using... Now they're kind of enamoured with WXW as well. And I just don't know. They Like, I think they lack personality, frankly. Mm. Um, I think they lack a real identity. Um, I think they're beholden to WWE, and we'll get onto this to a point where it is detrimental to their actual central storylines and product. But yeah, we'll get onto that then because love. No, not the grap. Not oh god, not my graps. <laughs> Number two <laughs> is um, is the. WWE is bad. Um, 
now there are two, there are two sides to this. Yeah. I, I kind of said to Joe over the weekend on one of the podcasts, how great would it be if we could just have a wrestling show the size of Progress Super Strong Style 16 where we could just look at the brackets and pick our winners without thinking about, oh, is that person allowed to beat that other person? Yeah. Like, can we just pick who we think the best competitor is or even who we think would be best for the storyline? You know, that's always been the way with wrestling fans. Like, you know, we do think a little bit laterally. Like, we're not just sort of invested in this, in, you know, wins and losses. We are sort of thinking who would make sense storyline-wise. But at this point, it's so dominated by politics and so dominated by who's contracted to who that WWE's involvement kind of rendered a lot of this tournament a bit of a farce. Yeah. Um. Ultimately, the person who won the tournament, David Starr, is in the middle of trying to brand himself as definitively not WWE. Um, He's independent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're. It's like at the moment you are either signed to WWE or you are or you're contracted to someone or you are actively not sign to someone yeah that is your con your character and purpose i mean across this weekend we had an eight-man tag where a bunch of the young guys took exception to some of the older guys who have got contracts and are clogging up the progress roster and then you've also got so you got those they're bad because they don't like the old guys that are signed and then you've got david Starr, who's good because he doesn't like that other people are signed and he's independent. So there's that clash. And then you've got people cheering Kyle O'Reilly, who is very much not independent. Um, And then, like, did we work out the percentage of this lineup for the tournament who who was contracted to WWE? I think it was, like, two-thirds. I don't know. All I know is that the final was the only match of the tournament where a non-WWE guy beat a WWE guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the semi-final. Oh, yeah, the, the semi-final and the final. Yeah. Um, so, it's like, yeah. And even the semi-final had weirdness to it, um, which is why it kind of originally kind of slipped my mind um, in the just craziness turning into a three-way for, for just pointless reasons. Now... The thing is that the David Starr story um, and, you know, cynical as I am, even part of me thinks that he might have signed a contract. And this is this is just part of that. Yeah. I, d- I don't know that. I, I, I'm sure it'd be reported if he had. Um, but the David Starr story is it's a legitimate story and it's one with legs. And it could absolutely be told that you have this guy who is not contracted to anybody um, and especially not contracted to, to WWE um, fighting against the guys who are. But I don't think that you can tell it in what 
what is and you know they're they're very open not on the show although they sometimes are on the show but very open kind of away from the show that progress the progress owners are the bookers of nxt uk that they're on the wwe payroll that progress is a de facto fourth tier wwe promotion i don't think you can tell that story in this promotion um because ultimately it's not in the interests of the wwe to let him prevail now there's there's the whole thing wwe over the years have i've always liked to kind of see be seen to support indie wrestling in a way like they they financed ecw um in its final years when it was just losing money because it was nice to have this kind of like alternative um alternative alternative to wwe so they they do kind of like that but one of the the things that you're you're saying with the david star is he's he's going in on the fact that um independent wrestlers should have the power and the wwe have got all the power and that's wrong and that's what he's trying to fight but he's doing it in a promotion that is booked by and full of people who are taking the paycheck from the company that has and we're not joking here they have got all the power there's no wrestlers union um if you want to to really make it in the top you have to go with wwe so it's it's a really disingenuous storyline and it creates a cognitive dissonance that isn't helped by the fact that the fans have bought into the david Starr character um doing this and that he was incredibly over that weekend people love it but then kyle o'reilly comes out nxt's kyle o'reilly and gets a massive cheer from those self-same fans yeah well let's like let's not let's not harp on too much about that kind of contradiction but i think Mm. i think it definitely to to try and tell this story of um, somebody who is vehemently independent um, in a company that is beholden to WWE and is surrounded by talent in WWE. Um, it fe- it do- you're right. It feels disingenuous. Um, hmm. And like after David Starr won the tournament, he did a little speech um, where he was very careful to and careful not to sort of say it's not about he was he was making it clear that it's not about the people who have the contracts um but it's about the people who don't have the contracts Hmm. um or it's it's about the power of the people it's about empowering people and it's like it felt like it felt like trying to do backflips to try and make it fit um the environment that it was in um but he named a bunch of people that weren't, weren't signed or contracted talent, um, one of which was Curtis Chapman, and I don't think we'll see in a progress ring anytime soon. Um, but it's just, I was sat where I was sat, Jim Smallman was right in front of me during this whole, um, this whole like acceptance speech at the end of the tournament, grinning from ear to ear because he could tell that like it was chiming with the audience. Like it was doing exactly the job it needed to do, yeah. But I couldn't help feel a little bit like this is, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's it's the conspiracy theorist in me. Maybe it's just me overthinking it. But 
it just feels a little bit sleazy to go, yeah, we are the man and we are also going to take the thing that you that is trying to fight against the man and turn that into part of our product. Yeah. It's like I've... it's like top shop selling Ramones t-shirts. It's Yeah. I mean you you said that someone said to you at the weekend like, you know, when did when did it stop being progress for you? You know, when did you stop being your thing? And for me, it's when they acknowledged the existence of the WWE um in a in a storyline way. Um, when I go and watch a wrestling show, I kind of want to feel immersed. Now, Progress at that point were the top British company and things that happened in a Progress ring mattered. But to immediately come out and say, well, things that happen in a Progress ring don't really matter because the people that they're happening to have got a better gig somewhere else makes me not care about what's happening in a progress ring. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, and I think that's the problem. It's, it's that there are outside influences that, um, that affect what is happening in this universe. Um, Mm. and you can't have it self-contained. We can't just enjoy the story because we're all just worried about, you know, what, you know, Paul and Vince have said, has to happen and i'm not saying i actually think i actually think that the guys in progress have more autonomy than we've given them credit for and Mm -hmm. i think like they're perfectly capable of booking or they're perfectly allowed to book david Starr in a prominent position i don't think that there's a um you know there's a triple h shaped cloud leaning down on them telling them you've got to push this guy and not this guy but so i do you know ultimately i think this is gonna i think it's wxw who are gonna suffer from this because i feel like they're gonna finish the walter david star storyline in progress um which is a whole other issue that i will let other people talk about mm. um i do think that they have more you know f- more free reign than we're probably giving them credit for but there's always going to be that that sort of you know caveat that asterisk next to it of wwe could change their mind any second and this could all come crumbling down um and that's why that's why i'm not invested in progress anymore um i'll I'll move on then and this is i think we'll round it out with this because okay um it's not my grabs third one and it's probably a bit more about the whole weekend than it is about this one show um and it's Maybe it's all a little bit too much for me. Um, yeah. I kind of I alluded to it earlier on, and I think that this could have been two days rather than three. Yeah. I, I could if if that first day didn't exist, I think I would have been fine with it. If it was super strong style eight, I think this tournament could have would have had the same legs that it did in the end. Um, I don't think they had the juice going into it. I think if you look at the lineups for the two tour, like this tournament versus last year's tournament, I think there is a absolute gulf in star power. Um, and I think, you know, Joe Atherton did some predictions for uh, all of the first round matches, and he got every single one of them right. Because I think if you were thinking with the logical hat of 
you know who's contracted to who you mm. could you could see how that first round was going to go unfortunately um i think for me it's just like we've talked loads about progress shows and how long they are um as much as i like alexandra palace and i think it's a much better venue for that length of wrestling show um whole thing's still too long we had some people make some good points in the facebook group this weekend about um jim's uh presenting of the shows and how the beginning of every show is like always a variation on a theme um and it's obviously you know he's a stand-up comedian and he's a touring stand-up comedian or at least he was um and these are all gimmicks that he'll have learned on the stand-up circuit in terms of crowd interaction um but like the i've been going i've gone to every single super strong style 16 and it's the same banter at the beginning of every single um every single day of all the tournaments and it does feel like you're slowing everything down and maybe some people uh, i don't doubt for one second lots of people like it you know jim has a lot of fans and a lot of people have like the pavlovian response to all of his you know turns of phrase and all of his catchphrases and um every single sort of twist and turn in his in in his intros but from the sort of casual perspective it feels a bit bloated and overdone um and some yeah in some ways that's what the whole weekend feels like yeah i mean day one was kind of hampered by the fact that there were seven debuts um and a couple of the the non-debutants were not exactly regulars um and so none of the day one matches really meant anything um there were a couple of matches put together that yeah people would be like oh yeah that's an interesting one i'd like to see that one um but what it used to be with super strong style 16 even that first year when it went to the the three days and we we went to that at the ballroom um some of the first round matches meant something in that they they had regular progress wrestlers who had crossed paths in the the 12 months previously and thus what happened in those first round matches um was a reflection of the, of that ongoing storyline day one of super strong style 16 this year none of the matches mattered um as to who got through as you said it was really predictable um joe got eight out of eight i got seven out of eight because for some reason i thought darby allen might beat paul robinson um but it was predictable and it didn't serve any purpose other than filling it out to a third day um and i think that was the big misstep this year and that's possibly why it might have felt a bit long for you but that because that first day um really was mostly redundant it also felt long to me because i'm feeling old well there is that i'm tired um didn't get the best night's sleep every night um well i i had a a cheap seat um i I bought the cheapest seat possible because i was told that um the standing view at alexander palace is good um so what i did is i grabbed a chair right on the very back row and i stood and watched all the matches but in between the matches, I sat down on my chair <laughs> right, okay. because I'm an old, old man. Yeah. So, yeah, just a long, long weekend, as I say, could have done with one day less. Um, 
you know, I've joked about it a couple of times this weekend that I kind of like progress to go under so that I can at least say that I went to every single Super Strong <laughs> tournament without having Not to go under, decision you know, because they're in year. trouble. <laughs> go under in a blaze of, you yeah, know, we've done out, it all. They yeah. can go out on, the, on, yeah. uh, on top if they want. Um, but yeah. just to go, do you know what? We're all too busy. We're just going to have to call it a day. Um, and just to let everybody know, Chris did go to every single Super Strong Style 16 tournament. Yeah, so what you want is you want progress to be like Pepper Potts at the end of Endgame. Yes, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what I want. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the weekend. Um, we finally got around to doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not in any rush to go back to progress. I was kind of thinking about maybe going to the Endeavor tournament, but I don't know. Like I, I'm kind is that of the one at the ballroom. It is. It's on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of interested because it's a standalone sort of show. Um, I don't doubt there'll be some interesting young British guys in there that haven't sort of had a chance in progress before. So I think that that show almost would feel like a non-canon progress show. Yeah. Um, and I like a tournament. So, I don't know, maybe. I mean, it might, might have sold out by now. They had already put the tickets on pre-sale, so um, who knows? Yeah. Um, although they've got their big show again at Alexandra Palace the day after, so um, it's possible that might be a, a bit of a tougher sell. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was lots of stuff to enjoy this weekend particularly on the last day, um, but it was long. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, we got more wrestling coming up this weekend, don't we? Um, yes, yeah. wrestling is on Saturday Yeah. Um, in our usual venue. Uh, next weekend, we've got Fight Club Pro. No, it's the weekend after. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got to go to a wedding next weekend. Yeah, your brother's getting married, isn't he? Yep. Um, so, yeah, so this weekend we got good, um, so there'll be no post-show podcast from Good, but we'll probably do a hangover one. Um, I'm going to Head Drop on Sunday for their second show. Really enjoyed the first one, so looking forward to that. And who knows, now that you've allowed uh, other people to appear in um, canon episodes of Love the Graps, maybe I'll do a podcast with a a tramp or something, you know, on the street. I already do a Um, podcast with a tramp. Hey. Uh, You, I'm talking about you. Um, but yeah, the the next kind of proper post show one will be uh, Fight Club Pro, where so, they've yeah. announced some really good matches. Yeah, so really looking forward to that. All right. So thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, to me and Alan on Skype. Um, get on Facebook and do whatever you do on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and if you're on the Facebook, listen to the podcasts. Yes. Um, but until next time, go to bed. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun Up the hills that we climbed, for the seasons out of time All our lives we had fun, we had seasons in the sun Up the world that we keep, we're just selfish on the beach